Hey, I'm Julian Elijah Martinez. And I am Colin J. Harden. And you are listening to the Episode 1 Show. And today we are covering and analyzing and breaking down Dexter. That is right. We are two uh, creatives who are in the process of learning how to write because we we have the aspirations of becoming screenwriters. And we believe that the pilot is not only the most important episode in a in a, a season of television, but also one of the hardest to write. So we yes. are taking yeah, so we're taking an exercise that Colin did back in grad school, and we're looking at pilots. We're breaking them down structurally. We're breaking them down uh, through through writing. We're breaking it down through acting, and we're seeing how these are constructed so that way we can learn to write pilots ourselves. Yes, and it is very, very difficult. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. The analyzation alone is difficult. And, and let's talk about this. This is not about like, uh, it's about structure, but it's not mm-hmm. about like how to write dialogue. This isn't like a how to no. screenwriting podcast. This is a, a podcast about breaking things down and being able to like reverse engineer them. So you can look right. at things differently. You can watch differently with a keener eye and then kind of find patterns that you can kind of grab onto and utilize in your own writing. Right. Uh, so let's jump into it. Okay. Let's jump into how did you like Dexter? Was this your first time listening to it? No, this wasn't my first time listening to it or watching it. Oh, watching it. Sorry. (laughs) Audio brain. Audio brain. Was this your first time watching? (laughs) Uh, No, this actually wasn't my first time watching. I watched it back when it first dropped in like 2006, 2007. And I think like we were just out of uh, undergrad. Just a little bit of a backstory for your your heroes. We both met in undergrad at Elon University. And so I think we were just out or just in. I yep. remember I remember laying in a in my like twin bed watching this being like whoa what the really? there's like titties and there's like <laughs> blood and there's like I was like 18 and I was super excited yeah <laughs> I think that this show is and you can kind of tell like this this show is that's what that show is kind of for like yeah. that you know that first that first little quadrant of demographics at 18 to what is it 18 to 30 or 18 to it, 24 or whatever it is it, it keeps changing that metric keeps changing right right and it, it seems like every time i have a birthday i keep getting pushed out of that metric right right it was like 18 <laughs> to 34 was one and now i'm like out of that so like i'm like where do i even fall i don't even know am i important anymore like no we're not you know, important. like when you're 34 anytime before 34 your 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 demographic matters and uh-huh. then after that you you no longer matter anymore they don't make movies for you anymore they don't no, make television don't. for you anymore they definitely don't unless you want to go straight especially unless you want to go to like abc cbs and just watch <laughs> network tv on your couch <laughs> with your four kids yeah well the, and also like the where, where we're at right now like the 35 year olds we are like clinging to relevancy as we hard are. as hard as we possibly can we are we're like we're still important and it's like nah my dude we're we're, we're, we're fading we're fading <laughs> from importance that's just the way it is i for one don't mind that i'm cool with it my, my, it's funny my sister-in-law called me today she was like uh what's the disney plus password um this this morning it's a sunday football season mm-hmm. and she's like what's the disney plus password i need to watch the toy story uh falcons game i'm like what the hell are you talking about she's like do you not know what's going on in the world 
I feel like I've called you about things for the last five years. You don't know what's going on. Because I'm 35. Of course I don't. Exactly. When you turn 33, you just stop knowing what's going on in the world. You just stop knowing. I don't know. Anyway, I could go on. We're out of di- we're digressing. We are digressing. <laughs> let's stick let's stick to Dexter for now. We can go. We can come back to this a little later, right. maybe in the pod. But yeah, Dexter. So the I, I actually had not seen it before at all. Oh well, okay. I had not seen this. This was my first time watching an episode. It was my first time uh, watching the show. Period. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, this was this was new. This was new for me. And I yeah. remember uh, I actually texted you halfway through, and I was like. I'm not feeling this. <laughs> I think it was actually in the opening. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm not feeling this. Cause I, I, there's something about like, sometimes with, when I watch gratuitous violence and it doesn't yeah. feel necessary, it feels yeah. like it's done for, uh, for the 18 year old kid. It's like, Oh my God, I'm seeing, yeah. you know, people sh- chop each other up. Like yeah. that kind of thing. I, it just, it kind of boils my blood, makes me feel uncomfortable. I, I just wasn't feeling it at first. And then as it went on, I was like, okay, I kind of like gained a little bit of respect for Michael C. Right. Hall's performance. I yes, think. yes, and we'll talk about that as we yeah. move along. And and it and it just got and I think it just got better. I kind of got used to the 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 world. I guess right. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it was. A lot of times that happens when you kind of when you don't have an understanding of what the world or the tone is coming uh-huh. in, and I think that's what a good trailer does. You know, it right. kind of like. More than anything, it kind of like roots you in an understanding, a conception of the tone. So right. then when you come into it, you're not thrown off. So I was like completely thrown off. And then halfway through, I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm I'm interested. I see what right. this is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it does some very interesting things like right at the top that really kind of set you in there. And it and it really is like, are you down for this ride or are you not? Because if you don't, if you're not down in the ride with that first like two or three scenes, then you it's time to bail. Like it really does like, like at that very first moment, they're like, all right, so this is the show that we're going to do. This is the character that we're going to follow. Are you mm-hmm. with us? Or are you not with us? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good, that's a good segue for us to introduce our spoiler warning, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler Yeah. for a show that was opened yeah. and released in, tw- in 2006. Yeah. 18 years ago 18 yes yeah i think we're good on that but Um, oh oh let me ask you that because i know you have a question for me related uh so i want to get that out the way because i know last time we i think we ended with it so i want to well let's let's just get uh, i'm gonna find a place to to okay you're gonna find a good place to put it because like i think it's good to talk about like like easing your audience like whether like how you ease your audience into the world of the of Mm. the of the TV, the podcast of the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a very meta situation going on right here. Like we're easing our audience into. It, we the really show. are. It is. A, it is a Sunday. It is. It has been raining here in New York City for the past seven days, and so we're all like waking out of hibernation, me included. So if I, so if I'm saying things that that make no sense, oh, apologies. it's making sense. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> But I mean, like, how do you ease your audience into into the world of your TV, um, of your TV show? And right at the bat, we get our character Dexter. He's driving through the streets of Miami. He's he. We have this like very kind of noir voiceover of him just basically talking to us about what's going on in his state of mind. And we're watching him on his on a kill. We're watching him hunt mm-hmm. and kill. Uh, 
uh, a man. And so we immediately, this character, we're, what we're immediately seeing is we immediately see the the violence in which he, you know, he he um, he contributes. Uh, we see that this is like a very kind of seedy place that we're going to be in. You know what I mean? And we also see like some pretty like gratuitous like harm that is done to, you know, to children, harm that's done to other people and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, Dexter, this is a good time to kind of talk about what the show is about. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so, like, it, it, it's a, to me, this is what I put down. I put it's about a, it's a double life drama yeah. about a man who is a forensic analysis by day in the moonlights as a vigilante serial killer who feels called to kill. Like, he mm-hmm. feels like this is his mission, which is, mm-hmm. which, which is what vigilante and you know suggests as well right but um so that's what it that's what the show is about there's nothing much more to it than that to be honest right um and i say that to say not to not to devalue like you know how how sprawling the story can get but that's the simple kind of breakdown of what the show is about it's not about i mean Elijah could probably go go deeper if you want to go ahead and no no I actually was I I was trying to go as deep as I can uh there's a running there's a running thing where I like I try to look at the macro and Mm -hmm. and Colin looks at the micro but it really just is about a guy who is a serial killer who hunts other serial killers yeah you know what I mean yeah yeah he he has a mission you know against people who do harm but don't kind of get out of it you know yeah they get out of it because the justice system lets them get out of it or they get yeah. out of it because they're they're good enough to get out of it or whatever yeah um but he kind of finds them he finds them in, in this like uh underground world and 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 enters that he not only does he enter it he kind of lives right. in it he like he he has his foot in both of those worlds you know right right um and that's that's really what the show is so when when we talk about like a double life drama. Double life drama is something that, you know, one of my, again, I always bring up my professors, but she, she brought up how uh, valuable your story would be if you have a double life story, because they're <laughs> so popular. And, uh, and I think the reason why is because they're inherently, well, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons why, but they're, they're inherently, they bring in inherent drama to the wow. story. Tension. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, constantly the double life the double life character is constantly trying to not be caught constantly Mm -hmm. trying to whatever uh whatever world is the accepted world that they're trying to be a part of they're constantly trying to uh uh feign the uh the the perception uh (laughs) that that that's what they're a part of and it it just never works and it con- they're constantly about to get caught it's always yes. you know, that's always what's going on yes 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 yeah the like we go into like what is the question of the show like what is the show asking for what are our expectations and we're basically watching the show wondering when and where dexter will be caught yes and and as you and you know with this show it's gone eight seasons and a lot of people say like oh dexter kind of fell off after like season four and season five the problem with these kind of dramas, at least in my opinion, is that they continually subvert the expect because you kind of have to if you want to push the narrative. Like right. it continues to subvert what we are expecting. Like Dexter continually gets out of create more and more crazy and crazy situations to the point where it becomes unbelievable. 
Yeah. You know, where like yeah. there's only so many people that Dexter can kill in the streets of Miami on like what seems to be a weekly basis. Yeah. <laughs> Before like you're gonna get caught, my dude. Like <laughs> right. you know what I mean? And not only and not only does he not just kill like serial killers, he's also killing like prominent members of society i mean the first kill is this like choir director of like a yeah, this community that, leader <laughs> yeah. this community leader yeah so like he's gonna like we're looking at him like bro you you're gonna get caught and then the question is just when and that's the therein lies the tension breaking yeah, bad I, yeah breaking yeah. bad does it sopranos does it like it's all so many tv shows do it yeah and i think the one thing another thing about the double life drama is that there is a pact made between the main character and the audience it's yeah. like a secret that we're holding together and yeah. i think that 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 relationship is one of the reasons why those shows are so popular too is right. because it's con and and he even at the end of this episode uh where he kind of looks at he breaks the fourth wall for the first time I mean, right. you could see, you could say that the the entire narration is breaking the fourth wall in in a way, right. uh, if he's talking to us. But I think at the very end, when he looks at the camera, it lets us know that he was talking to us the entire time. That that right. was what right. that was doing. Yeah, yeah. We don't realize that it's breaking the fourth wall until he actually looks at the camera. However, I would say that there are there are tropes in t in TV and tropes in, in literature that do do this. Like the noir does this, the pulp mm -hmm. does this, you know? Right. Um, and that has like the, the narrator talking to the audience. And, um, and so I think like, had you, had you had an understanding of that narrative of those genres coming in, you yes. would kind of see those expectations. Now I didn't, I didn't realize that until I watched it like maybe a second time, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. curious, like how many people who watched Dexter for the first time was like, Oh, okay, this is a pulpy noir. Holy shit. Okay. This is the direction that we're going to go into, you know? Yeah. But in, in the good, in the thing it is, it, I think in those noir movies and shows and stuff from back in the day that kind of this show references, there is a relationship with the audience. He, right. he or she, whoever is the narrator, is is speaking to the the audience, and again creating a relationship between the two. And kind of, mm -hmm. but they're usually telling the story from. Uh, it seems like they're telling the story from the future. You know, they're telling yeah, the story yeah, yeah. From another time. You know, yeah. Um, and what we're watching is a version of their past life. In, right. In, in this case, it's a little different. It's more metacognitive. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like happening. It, it is him looking back. Like it's it's almost as if he's like watching tape of himself go through it. Yes. But he's also in his own mind. Yeah. In his own mind. But then some of the VO is also like in real time. So it's, which then heightens this fact that like Dexter as a character is feels very kind of um isolated and separate from the world that's around him mm -hmm. and so it kind of would make sense that he would be looking at him his actions kind of like in an out-of-body of experience watching it as we're watching it in both real time and in flashback all you know all kind of wrapped up together yeah so let me let me ask you this yeah and and then i'll ask you to if if you don't mind sharing your log line because that's how I, one of our exercises, <laughs> if you have one. Oh, no, I did it. I did my homework did this Okay, week. good, good. Okay, so is this a good pilot or not? Ooh, so I remember when we first mentioned this, you were like, this is apparently a notoriously bad pilot. At least that's yes, what people have said about. That's what I heard. Yeah. Which I tend, I disagree. Mm -hmm. I, think it, I think it is. I a, do too. I do too. I, I think it is a good pilot. I think there are some, there are, 
some creative decisions that were made that I don't necessarily know, like why they made those decisions. Yeah. However, like if we're looking at like, all right, we're gonna set up an eight, a fucking eight season run <laughs> for a TV show. Um, that's a basically serialized uh, crime drama. You know what I mean? That's going to be case of the week also like until a larger narrative, you know, um, I think it's, you know, I think it's a really good pilot for that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think that it's a good pilot because what it's, I mean, look, it's called Dexter, right? It's called Dexter, right? Mm -hmm. So we're following one guy. Yeah. Following this character, we need to learn a lot about him. This uh episode of TV as I as I was breaking down my ABCs, I was finding Bs, I was finding Es, and mm -hmm. all of them crossed the A story, A story meaning yeah. like the story that the main character held. So it tells us a lot about the character, the main character. It doesn't introduce the characters um in a, an incredibly deep way, we're not learning no. a whole lot about their stories, but we're learning a whole lot about Dexter, right. and we're meant to just latch on to his story and right. what's what's happening next. And for me, um, as I watched it the first time, after I watched it the first time, and uh, I was like, I was kind of intrigued to watch a second. I did not watch the second episode yet, but I am kind of intrigued to watch it. So I'll say, right. in that respect, it kind of does do all the things that I think a good pilot should do, and I think a good pilot should introduce the characters in a really interesting way set up the world right. Right. Uh, have a really good opening and leave you wanting more I, but i think leave you wanting more is probably the most important thing because right. honestly with this one i don't think the other three like the the introducing the characters setting up the world and the great opening were like incredibly that strong i think the way they right. introduced him was great but everybody all those other pieces all the other characters and all the other parts of it right not really not really super intriguing each scene didn't like keep me in it wasn't super exciting to be in right. every scene but but overall i was interested to know what happened next right because it's it's tough with this one because you have to the show kind of hinges on the main character if the main character isn't somebody that we necessarily gravitate towards and latch onto, then then the entire show is going to fall apart and and it's incredibly difficult as well because the character Dexter is repulsive on paper. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's a he's a serial killer. He also not only is he a serial killer, but he's also like hat is devoid of human he's a sociopath. So he's completely devoid of human emotion. Yeah. So you have those two things kind of layered on to him and so then all of a sudden like okay so how do we make this person a compelling guy that we want to root for mm -hmm. and some of that is the is the casting of the performance and then another that is just like layering on backstory and layering on backstory and layering on backstory which is what this pilot kind of had to do yeah you know i mean yeah and that that uh i'll bring up what i'm not going to bring up the coldest line though but that when you when you said that about layering on backstory mm -hmm. that's where my coldest line comes from and that's one of the reasons why i think we can endear ourselves to him i think the backstory right. really really helps in that um, right right uh, a lot of times i don't really like to see too much backstory like that and, a, and especially in the way that they did it in this mm -hmm. they, they did a series of flashbacks in this yeah. tv that talk, took him back to different stages of his childhood and his relationship yeah. with his father typically i don't really like watching it that, that way but um this one i think it really did help it helped well to, i don't kind of endear me to the character which I, I but i don't necessarily know if you if you need it because i'm like 
because I'm thinking about okay, so what what information did we gain from those flashbacks? Okay, uh, so that, you're gonna you're gonna force my hand. Go ahead, okay. go ahead though. No, go no, ahead. Go, no, because like like because I'm my understanding is like every scene we need to know more information and and we're also like also my understanding is that you should be um, shown the information, not told the information, and those those series of flashbacks for me worked as telling me yes. more about Dexter rather than me, rather than them showing things. Yeah. About it Dexter. wasn't active. There weren't great scenes, right? but um, this is the one. And, and I'm going to, I'm just going to drop my coldest line early just because we're talking <laughs> about this. And I think, I'll take it. yeah, it just, it just speaks to why I do think that that was important when this is mm-hmm. the one line I really liked. And okay. he said, his dad tells him, remember this forever that, that uh you are loved damn i can't even remember now i can't remember the line (laughs) i can't remember the line i i I brought it up i I like made it such a big thing about it now i can't remember the line i can't even remember no 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 i'm gonna find everything what the fuck i'm mad at myself for that for real for real i'm so mad (laughs) he said something like this all right he said something like this because i can't i can't quote it for real uh-huh. my brain just farted <laughs> but um he said basically like it's okay dex you can't help what happened to you but you can make the best of it remember this forever you are my son you are not alone and you are loved remember this forever that you uh that oh he said this he said remember this forever you're that you're not alone and you are loved. Okay. So to me, his, knowing that he's, first of all, he already sets up that his father was a great father to him. Right. Right. Um, his father was the person that kind of set him on this vigilante mission. But to, yeah, was he right? a great, was he a great father? No, yes and no. Okay. This is the thing. Okay. Look, I told you all my stuff is fatherhood stuff. Because right? let me, let me tell you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me tell you this, Colin. So Colin, for those who don't know, Colin is a, is a new father. And let me tell you this, Colin, Colin, if you set, if you unleash your son on <laughs> upon the streets of Charlotte in a vigilante style killing uh 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 Batman thing, I am going to call the cops on you, my bro. I okay, well, <laughs> listen, I understand this, but what I'm saying is this, okay? And and again, maybe this is me being a new father and that's why I like the line so much. Okay. But but the thing the thing is the reason the reason why I do like that line when he said you are you are not alone and you are loved is like how many times do you see a you when you think about a serial killer you think about somebody who was not taken care of by your you always blame the parents you blame sure, the yeah, parents yeah. he said he had foster parents so you're thinking oh he was getting beaten uh-huh. he was getting abused blah blah right. all these things in his past right this 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 roots him in like understanding that his his family cared for him his family right. cares for him right. he feels like he's not alone and he's loved so he can always latch on to a, a love that he can't really understand because he can't right. feel it but he knew what it meant what right. it, it's just it's just something that i think roots that character and again endears me to him as someone who kind of understands that if even if he can't feel love from his adoptive father he can always latch on to an understanding that he has that that connection that he has with his father is the reason why he continues to do this and right and that's what kind of endeared me to him right it's you know it's once again it's that save the cat kind of thing so we're looking at this guy who's a serial killer who we hate um 
however if we if we see things as him as a kid if we see the love of his father and if we find out that like he's not just killing people he's actually killing other bad people then we are going to be like okay i'm gonna be down with you on this ride and it was silly it's silly of course when you think about it it is terrible but he's trying to in a way he's trying to protect his son He's trying yeah. to protect him by by setting him on this mission because he's like, if yes. I teach you how to not get caught, I mean, ultimately, if you ke- if you keep doing this, you're gonna go down. But right. if I teach you how to, if I redirect this evil that's in you, and yeah. teach you how to cover your tracks, then I'm protecting right. you. So that's the love part, right? But it's also like all American tv seems to be solved by just a good therapy and like how do you like put his son in therapy then maybe we wouldn't have dexter the tv show maybe maybe there is a way to redirect (laughs) it so you don't have to actually kill somebody maybe there's other things that you can do dexter we don't know i mean learn 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 the paint uh write a write a novel yeah maybe there's other ways to you know yeah, that was wild though. He's like, "Yeah, I'm killing dogs now. I just hate them." It's like, "What? <laughs> the fuck?" And then also, you're like, "You're like the the kid hates. They they really do not. They the audience really has to do a lot of work to like Dexter because a whole lot. He's killing puppies. Yeah, he's because like, they wake his sick mother up. You they thought w- that was gonna make us love him? No, no, no. It's a puppy, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. It's bad." Okay, uh, so let me, can I ask you your logline? I don't know if you're yeah, yeah. This. yeah, yeah, no. So my logline is, I think it's pretty close to yours. Uh, I say Dexter, a serial killer who hunts other serial killers, investigates a very intriguing new serial killer while trying to maintain his facade of a normal life to his family and coworkers. Yeah, it's yeah. about pretty much exactly the same. I said Dexter Gordon, a forensic analysis who moonlights as a vigilante serial killer, is challenged and intrigued by a new and elusive serial killer right. while trying to maintain the appearance of a normal life. Which is what which is what uh, I think like when we're talking about whether or not this is a good pilot and a bad pilot and then the conversation that people have had about this being a notoriously bad pilot it the pilot does exactly that it's really easy to know what kind of show this is mm-hmm. stemming from the pilot yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and I think it just was a, it it I think I thought about Fleabag when I was watching it uh-huh. I thought about you I didn't watch you but my wife did and I caught a couple episodes in passing mm-hmm. I thought about that um you know more more with the the voiceover stuff okay. i don't does the voiceover carry on into other ep through the series yeah that's that's the the running thing is okay the, is the voiceover yeah okay so did you so and then i i was able to latch i mean not latch on i was able to grab the script yeah yeah this one yeah um, i read it did you were able to read it? Too? Yeah, I read it while I was watching. Yeah. What differences did you find? Were you able to find like what interesting things did you find different in this one? I it you know? what was great about this one is that it, it stuck pretty close to the script. So whatever script is online is is I think pretty close to like you know their last final scripts. Yeah. Um, where they moved things around when they did like. I think we get the father beat a little earlier yeah. than we do in the script. Um, they're different conversations too. Yeah, they're different conversations. Like um, some of some of how uh, his, Dexter's sister Deb is introduced yeah. is, has been switched around and and changed. Um, so like all those kind of things, I think I think are interesting. Like when they decide, like okay, we need to see Deb and how we see Deb. You know what I mean? When do we see the father? You know what I mean? Like um and i know like some of that is like 
just we had this yeah. place at this time you know we had this location at this time we couldn't we couldn't afford you know uh a fucking moat like speedboat to cross right. dexter's path like you know some of that is that but also narratively we're like okay if i get my fa- if i get the father here then my understanding of who dexter is later on down the road is then clarified you know what right. I mean? or or right. vice versa it confuses us and because we have this character that is mysterious and there's some stuff about his backstory that we don't find out by the end of the pilot what they obscure and what they illuminate uh is also a very kind of fascinating uh juggling thing that they that they have to kind of do yeah yeah i noticed a lot of what you what you mentioned as well the the like we we've said in any time when we watch script or re- reread script and then mm-hmm. talk about the changes it's a lot of times it's the the order in which these scenes are placed right becomes either changed in the edit obviously changing the edit but it's interesting when you read it it feels right if you were to watch it in that order it might not have and i think that's something that the good editor kind of can figure out right but the um the other changes like and i notice this again i always bring up being a big crime drama big gangster film uh Mm -hmm. lover uh it felt like the writer was a big goodfellas fan because there's so many freeze frames. Did you notice, like in the script, it's like freeze uh, on. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeze on, blah blah blah. Yeah. And, and then the voiceover covers covers yeah, that yeah. freeze frame. There are like yeah. five or six of those, and they took they, those didn't make it to the the actual show. But there was a bunch of freeze frames. So I, I just thought about Henry Hill doing uh-huh. the voiceover and all those freeze frames that Mark Scorsese. Yeah. So it felt like he was going for that. Uh, there- there is yeah. some, yeah. There's definitely some Scorsese comps to this. Um, there's a little bit of like Cape Fear to this too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I can I can see them trying to do that, um, especially like especially what the DP was kind of doing because like it it really felt like my my one of my issues with this pilot is that it, it does feel like like an NYU grad kid like kind of playing <laughs> with their toys because the the amount of like handheld cams versus like cams on stills like the Mm -hmm. amount of like weird camera angles that are never really all that consistent you know what i mean like um some of like lingering on dexter after a kill felt like they didn't know when the cut is or like they were like thinking that michael c hall is going to do something great and then he michael c hall just kind of sits there and waits for <laughs> so, couple, yeah there were a couple of things i was curious about in terms of the direction too like uh there was really one one in particular like and i and i know it had to be on purpose but when he's talking about when he when he makes the discovery about the 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 uh refrigerated truck right with right. When he's talking to deb um and he starts when he gets into this kind of like his serial killer mind he uh-huh. starts like rubbing smoothly <laughs> caressing this cold cup that uh-huh, he's yeah. water from yeah and yeah. the camera put the camera's placed right on him doing that and then it goes back up to him and i'm like did they t-? so and that was not in the script it was so clearly it was the, the director that was like i want you to do so or either that or michael c hall said i want to i want to do something here you know that sure. suggests like there's something I don't want to say sexual, but no, it is. It's, it's sexual because yeah, he, because you yeah. find out later on that that's the thing that turns him on. Like the, yeah. remember, he 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 doesn't have sexual feelings, or he does, he has a confusing kind of relationship to his own sexuality. So right. when he begins to um, f- feel those feelings, it's when he's talking about 
this stuff you know right talking right. So, deeply about some of his uh proclivities in right. in the presence of women usually but right. um anyway uh, it wasn't in the script that i could remember but it was just an interesting thing that i noticed that that the director did di- director and the the actor did and that and scene. that and that actually probably you know that probably came because it, it felt very spontaneous and so that probably came from them shooting the wall. And I don't know. I wasn't on set and you know what I mean? And I and I didn't see any back behind the scenes stuff. But what I think is they shot that wide. Michael C. Hall was had the glass next to him and he's doing something with the glass. And the director noticed that. Coverage. And so the noticed that cover. And so when they didn't do mm-hmm. the coverage, they were like, Hey man, can you do that again? And then they and then they caught put, they cut yeah. around. Okay. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, because it doesn't feel we were watching uh in a class that i was taking this week we were watching um watching all the president's men and we we're watching uh the the very famous phone call scene where they have that long push in that happens i don't know if you've seen that movie no I um, but, but it's robert redford and he's like he's got a bunch of stuff and you can kind of tell by the way that he's working his stuff and working his props you're like okay he this is something that's been practiced this is something that he mm-hmm. and because the pushing was so long and so choreographed he would have had to say to the director like i'm gonna do this and this and this and this here here and here and here and here mm-hmm. where it felt like that moment was spontaneous in Dexter, it felt like that moment was spontaneous, and they caught it during the day, and that was what they decided to be like. Okay, this would be great if we can get this shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, seems, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. So there's like, you know, and and in my experience on TV, there is moments like that, which like inspir like improvisation and that kind of stuff. Inspiration can kind of come, and there's also moments of like highly choreographed moments that look spontaneous that look in. in you know, like improvisation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um I was listening to a podcast. I was actually it was like a script notes recast uh-huh. of the Greta Ger- Gerwig episode, which if you haven't seen listened to, I think you should, especially yeah. if you like if you want to write. But she was talking about how maybe she we'll, writes. Maybe we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll get Greta Gerwig to come on our show. <laughs> no, sorry, no. Sorry, she was ahead, talking. She was talking about her writing and how she'll write overlapped dialogue that seems uh-huh. improvisational but is actually written she has a lot mm-hmm. of really interesting ideas around kind of manufacturing uh, uh improvisation but anyway yes yeah. listen to that podcast is really good script notes anyway um I, I wanted to ask you what's your what was your because we we're talking about that scene and kind of getting into it what is mm-hmm. your favorite scene of this episode of television uh i think <laughs> uh i think my favorite scene is and this and this isn't like creative whatsoever. I think like the scene that he has with with Dokes, like anytime him and Dokes, just because it's just so ridiculous. And- ridiculous. <laughs> oh uh, my lord! So Dokes is like you know he's he's the one cop that is like suspicious of Dexter, and the first time we're introduced with him, he's the one guy who comes up and just like bullies dexter so we like we see so in the scene dexter's like spinning like a weirdo in his office and there's like you know there's like all that blood like pictures of blood kind of all around him Mm -hmm. and then duck shows up and and is like and he's like i got something for you motherfucker yeah and you're like (laughs) and and you're like and you're like you're like yeah that is actually an act an app reaction to this 
guy who like if if i'm working right and i'm walking down my hallway and i just see the one blood guy spinning around in his chair like a child with like pictures of blood all over the place yeah i'm gonna be fucking suspicious of this dude you know what i mean so you know i know like i know like people are like yo dokes is so is is <laughs> like is a fucking clown but i'm I've, i sympathize with him i'm like yeah fuck this that's, dude that's really really interesting <laughs> i oh my goodness okay so i want to come back to the. i, I want to address what you just said <laughs> about your favorite scene but i'm gonna say my first my favorite scene first what's your favorite mine, scene? mine was and it's it's not a it, it's not a, it's not a great scene, but I just really like uh, what's happening inside of it. Let's put it like that. Uh, I like when when he makes the discovery or he he is uh, made aware that the the serial 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 killer has not had any blood on the scene, uh, yeah. and he his face in that scene and how he's like throws him like knocks him back, but he's trying to still yeah. maintain that yeah. that like I'm a normal person thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like he's like so excited and scared and like yeah it was just so yeah. good i was like wow that that was when i think i started to like the show yeah um yeah. at that moment so i just really it's not about the scene it's not about the dialogue it's more just what happened kind of like michael c hall's performance inside of that scene which i liked. yeah and let's let's just let's talk about michael c hall because i imagine this is your your steph curry award steph curry yeah yeah, yeah that's the steph he, curry yeah so our steph curry is like the the actor who can't miss and and it's michael c hall i mean like when what michael c hall is trying to do is is like he's got to do he's got to play a person that is compelling and charismatic that has absolutely no emotion you know what i mean mm -hmm. and like who is a sociopath and unlike like the Jason Bateman and what Christian Bale did with that character is like the Christian Bale's character is having so much fun. Granted, it's extremely repulsive fun, but it's just fun that you're like, oh, wow, this is, you know, I'm going to watch where this guy goes. Like Dexter looks like he's living a very kind of like painful existence. And yeah. like Mike and Michael C. Hall has the ability to have dead eyes on screen as a conscious choice mm -hmm. you know what i mean you, like how difficult that is for you to consciously and make a choice to have your character have dead eyes as an actor especially as an actor as good as michael c hall is is really really like pretty you know that's like yeah. nba level like yeah acting right there you know yeah. what i mean it was man it was like it was what so it was me trying to figure out what my expectation of a serial killer's performance should be at first. Right. And then it was like, I think when I saw, when I saw that reaction to him being like intrigued, excited, scared, confused right. about that. And I could see it all on his face and he was right. still trying to maintain like some kind of normal, you know, uh, normal perception of himself. It was, it right. was just, I was like, wow. Okay. All right. right. I, see, they, I can see what what th what this is now. Right. They say they they have this thing about uh uh film acting which is like the public private, right? It's like how do you how are you vulnerable in a public space? Cuz that's essentially what's happening. Is like mm. when you when you cut to your coverage is like we need to see what the thought process of the character is is what's happening in the thought process of the character mm -hmm. and yet it also has to be realistic within the character's world that no one else is going to catch on and michael c hall balances that wonderfully you know what i mean like you clearly are seeing a guy who's 
<laughs> it's like that Tropic Thunder quote. You're seeing the dude play a dude play another dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Michael C. Hall, the serial killer, is playing a well-adjusted man in a in a you know in a police station. Like we're watching Michael C. Hall, the serial killer, trying to be a well-adjusted man. Right. You know what I mean? It's so it's pretty brilliant, I think. Yeah. So and so that leads me to my my reaction to your your favorite scene which was actually my least favorite scene <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, this is ah. the first this is a episode one podcast first one <laughs> person's you... favorite is the, the other least one's least i hated this... doke so much i just hated i hate <laughs> doke, but not dokes i think you know he he's my june i'm gonna go ahead and say he's my juneteenth we can talk about it later but he's my juneteenth because he's the only black man in the show i want to say <laughs> he's the only black man in the show. he has to get it but i think he's just terribly written and just kind of like stereotype on top of stereotype like he's like in all those 80s movies where there's like a black sergeant yeah. busting into the room he's like you gonna get this motherfucker and you gonna do it now <laughs> like bro like hey okay so he he's a version of that which i tend to love that stereotype in those show in those movies <laughs> to be honest i i think it's funny it's it probably meant to be in this one i'm like Come on, man. Can we do something different with this dude? He right. he already looks like a bodybuilder. He's a bald-headed, short bodybuilder. Short. Type he's very dude. short. Yeah. Okay. He 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 walks in. He's trying to intimidate this little white boy because that's what black people do up in this <laughs> world. <laughs> we just want to intimidate they either want to, white men. They either want to intimidate him or they want to fuck him like they've got like they're high on Molly. Right. We can like, talk, like, we can talk about that other. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So so that was my thing. It's like he's the only person that says motherfucking. You know what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. else, <laughs> nobody no curses says, like that. Deb no curses a little that. bit, but nobody says like, "I'm watching you, motherfucker." Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, he, he, you know, a black person didn't write that. That's not no. how he talk. That's not no. how he speak. That's not how he behave. And no. I think the actor just kind of had to do it. He was like, "Yeah," which, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which gives me, which is why you know, our Juneteenth award goes to. <laughs> The, whether or not this pushes the culture forward which i don't think we should give this it's a piece <laughs> of blackness remember we said it was a, ah, piece, a piece of blackness a piece blackness. of blackness right right maybe maybe we'll get more like nuanced. sophisticated <laughs> sophisticated but right now it's just if it's a piece of blackness. It's just a tiny little piece of blackness and that's but that's why i i have a lot of uh respect for eric king because when i read this because at first i'm like yeah yeah it's a stereotype and then i when i looked at the script and realized no this is what was written yeah this brother this to, is to the to the letter legit. to the letter and so this brother had to say these words mm -hmm. and and he said it he said it with conviction he mm -hmm. said maybe sometimes a little too much conviction but he did say it with conviction and he and he said it like within you know without commenting on the play and without commenting on the character he did what was asked of him so he did this you know was I mean? written it wasn't like it's not his fault that's why he still got to get the juneteenth award because he didn't write those lines he just delivered no. them he just delivered them yes that's just the way it was for him yes so. yes that's this is why it's important you know what I mean? Thank you know, yay, WGA strike is over. Yes, yes. Yay, minimum writers within the writers' yeah. room. But this Clapping is why it's sound effect, cheering sound effect here. Woo, woo, woo. But this is also why it's important to get diverse writers in the room. So that way you can look at that pieces of dialogue and you could be like, you know what? Don't think black people talk like that anymore. That's or not ever. great. 
ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Like we don't know. That's not the way. However, it goes. all right. However, just to play devil's advocate, just to play yes. devil's advocate. Okay. I told you, I told you my theory when we were talking about this earlier. What if all of the we're seeing these characters through Dexter's eyes, hmm. and this is the way Dexter perceives ducks, for example? Okay, I, I'm I'm willing to walk with you on that one, but mm-hmm. the problem is that that means that that Dexter is racist. Okay? <laughs> Dexter sees everybody else as normal. <laughs> he sees all the white people as just normal, regular characters in his little fantasy world. And for some reason, he sees black people, Hispanic people, women in this very, very strange and stereotypical way. So that, well, that's, but, that's but he what does. I'll give you. There, there is uh, okay. There is precedent for it. I mean, like, look at the way that Rita, his girlfriend is introduced yes. and look at the way that rita presents herself she's she is very kind of like damsel in distress she's mm-hmm. very uh uh waspy in the sense of like you know wispy mm-hmm. you know what i mean like she's very like she's always clutching herself waspy or wispy which one is it both. those are two different both, <laughs> both. Okay. she's very both <laughs> that's true though go ahead you know it, and so like and even his sister his sister deborah like you know that yeah. it's like it's she seems like she's she's playing it's everything seems slightly over the top everything yeah. seems slightly heightened even the white characters granted the white characters aren't leading with their race you know what i mean but that would make sense being that dexter is a white man a white sociopath and that he looks at this guy for example with ducks he's looking at this guy who's bullying him you know, in his mm-hmm. mind, and he's black, and he sees him as essentially black dynamite <laughs> running around. Right, and there is a know. scene where he look. This is one. This is one shot where after after Dokes just gets gets all up in him and is yelling and car- cursing at him and all that kind of stuff, right? And he's like, he's like, out, out, out of all these cops, Dokes is the person who. Uh, who I give the creeps to, and then they show dokes, and he's just looking at him like, "I'm gonna get you, sucker!" In slow motion, <laughs> in slow motion. I'm like, "Nigga, what? Are you kidding me? Oh, like, you this never, is foolishness." You never done that in your office. You never been creeped out by somebody like, like slow. <laughs> I'm gonna kill. You. No, he, he does like he he does like purse his lips too. Like yeah, he, he, like, he literally look, pokes it, his lips out like. Mom, nigga, I can't believe you up in here. I know you are. I know you are. I know. It's like what? Oh man! <laughs> and that's I, supposed I to know. be. And it's almost like the way it was written in the script was supposed to be like Dokes is the person we should be worried about, right? Like, right. We should be worried about Dokes finding out that he's the one, you know, that he's a killer, right. that he's a serial killer, and and nothing in that scene as as it was played out gave me any fear that Dexter was in in any trouble with those well and that's and therein lies some of the things about this pilot it's like Dexter is having way too much free like I never felt fear for Dexter in terms of Dexter getting caught and maybe because we're like this is episode one we still have 10 more episodes I don't know how much this was ordered to series you know what I mean or what their expectations for how long this was going to run but like Dexter is completely like in all of his killing. There's only one instance that that we see Dexter 
sort of get a little like worried is like he's walking into he's walking back into the the police office and then he sees the wife of his of the very first kill that we saw in the episode mm-hmm. like asking like where her husband is and we yeah. see him get we see him get a little worried but that is pretty much it throughout the rest of the and and i think the yeah. good thing the the one thing about that that actual scene which dokes did do that was helpful was like you mm-hmm. see him look a little worried right when he sees yeah. that woman and then dokes comes in and is like you don't care nothing about that woman and then he was <laughs> so it was able for us to see like oh he's not going to get caught like dokes dokes did not perceive that the way we did right right right, right. dokes is he, the person we should be be worried about apparently right right, right. You know so we 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 look at Dokes and Dokes probably walking down the thing and sees Dexter like staring at a woman crying and be like this fucking weirdo, rather yeah. than thinking like he had something to do with the disappearance of her right. stuff. However, like let's think, let's also think. For example, there there are just tiny bit tiny bit of plows. So oh, Dex tiny is, what? <laughs> so if if Dex is so if Dex is like getting all his cold case, uh, is he's if he's murdering people based on the cold cases. We find out during the course of this fight, like he goes and he gets these little cold case files, and that's how he selects his victims. Right. And and then we also see the wife coming to the police office, being like, "Yo, my husband's disappearing." Don't you think somebody's gonna be like, "Wait a minute!" Like, if I look at my cold case files, and all these people are disappearing who had something to do with these various cold case files, wouldn't that or? I'm going to go to the record office and notice that all these cold case files are fucking missing because yeah. he goes, he goes and bribes and pulls them and, pulls them, and yeah. then we don't see him return them. Like, but that's the good, that's good <laughs> though. That's, that's a good plot hole for, I, I think for the show, okay. because what that does is that again, gives us another loose end, another, right, another right, right. loose end that we can be worried about in terms nice. of the relationship we have with him and right. his, you know when he's gonna get caught so like i don't mind that one that much there were the other there's the other plot holes i was like what the okay so which ones he's finally taking his girl out on a date right Uh because they don't they don't never go nowhere now they're going on a date first of all the way they were cracking those crabs was ridiculous i don't (laughs) i've never seen anybody do that it was written in the script like all these the way they're hammering these crabs it's just this is this is is like what this this goes with my theory that we're nobody that we're does seeing, it that okay that, i know I that got we're you. seeing okay. it through dexter's eyes yes, and so yes. like of course like nobody was doing it that way that's the way he perceived it that's right? how he perceives it yes. okay okay and, he, and, we, and we have the voiceover where he's like where he talks directly about his repulsion to people cracking crabs yes so yes even though he kills people but okay anyway <laughs> no that's cool i'll i'll go with you on that one that makes sense to me okay i'll, I'll take that one but Right after that, right, he's in the middle of this. He's in the. Are we to are we to believe that the the uh, killer who's been following him and placing dead bodies close to him somehow uh, did that on purpose too and placed it right by his date and followed them? I think he, I think he kind of had to. I think. Or is that a plot hole? No, I think like because like, and I remember I was talking about this because we see because the the ice truck, the ice truck killer. Uh, pulls up in his ice truck right next to Dexter in the middle of the night later mm-hmm. on in the pilot, that must mean that he had been following him. Mm-hmm. And then it, there's just too many convenient things like Dexter, for, you know, is at, is hanging out with his girlfriend and all of a sudden there's a dead body. The problem with that scene is that if there's a club happening outside and they discover a chopped up body, they're not going to let people continue to dance. They're going to get people out of the fucking right. 
There were literally like he had to walk through like 200 people to get to the scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they would have really roped that off far, far away. Yes. <laughs> the the yes. perimeter would have been crazy for something the like crab, that. Cr- crab Shack would have been closed Shut if down. there's a if there's a dead fucking body. Yeah. But not only just a dead body, like, I mean, it's chopped up and wrapped up like meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Not, not even, not even Gotham right. would continue right. to allow people right. to party if there's a chopped up body, like literally. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon would not stand for that. <laughs> yeah. A hundred meters within this, you know? No, no. He had, he cares more about the citizens <laughs> than somehow the G, what not, I almost said GPD, Miami PD. Yeah, that was that's just there's a like the world of this is we we talk about like realism, like realistic or not. And like having a heightened world would make sense. Having a world that is, I mean, if this is a noir, having a world that's seedy, having a world that is like real, like messed up and fucked up is is interesting. However, like you then have to do some things to explain it to us. Like one of the people that Dexter kills has a website where he kills women on the website mm-hmm. if this was real if this was a real world and there that website would have been buried deep in the dark web or something yeah. um and him or even getting on it would have sparked the fbi would have sparked the fbi right exactly and so like but in this world dexter easily finds it like with a google search mm-hmm. and so we need some for us we need some kind of explanation as to like why that's okay or why that's not okay unless we do, we we, do in this time but like this is 20, 2006 remember the internet like right. social media is like literally two years old you know what i mean uh yeah you're, so, right. you're right so like at that time yeah like the the way they portrayed the internet on shows at that time was they were really really playing around with dark web not in the way that we know it today and and we weren't watching a lot of people go down for heinous internet activities sure. quite the sure. same you know what i mean yeah sure there's a little bit more wide open so i mean i get what you're saying but in that particular sense i'll say it for our contemporary eyes yes i think you're right yeah yeah well do you want to talk a little bit about the abcs you want sure uh, sure because yeah. this was crazy to me this was hard i don't know did you, did you i i'm something? always this is y'all are going to be listening to this podcast it's basically <laughs> going to be elijah figuring out what the fuck an a plot and a b plot is yeah and again like i like to i like to bring this up though because abcs they are they are reverse engineering uh tools they're not to be i mean you can you can try to i guess write them before you write your show but really Uh they should just emerge in the writing you know they really Mm -hmm. should be i think you should just be thinking that multiple stories should connect to your to your main storyline mm-hmm. to build tension somehow that's that's mm-hmm. should that's what you should be doing that and you sh- and you should at least have two i think or three two, at least two though mm-hmm. so with this one i'm I, I i counted five and then almost caught counted another one no i counted five i counted five which i is think i have I think I have seven, but okay, okay, great, okay, this is great. I love this, <laughs> but I might okay. have done this wrong. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Uh, okay, let's see if any of ours are the same. All right. All so right. my A story is this: A story. Dexter is intrigued by the emergence of a serial killer whose skills rival his own. That's ding, 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 ding. That's, that's my mine a. too. Okay. Yeah, that's mine. My B, and again, the B and the C could kind of be the same but anyway the b story is to me dexter's sister uses her brother to curry favor with her dismissive boss okay 
ding 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 i okay. mean i ch- i changed mine a little around i think it's deborah's quest to become a homicide detective okay. um yes. but i yeah, i think it's within the same kind of world yep. yes Great. my c is even while trying to remove personal relationships is not my best dexter <laughs> continues to impress the boss who has a massive crush on him i that is i had that as like a d story like a like a running story yeah mine mine i i i flipped that mine was uh is uh is rita and dex and whether or not they were are they gonna consummate their relationship okay okay i have that in there too so but i also did i said dexter stalks and kills jaworski that's just one that was like yeah that's like f for me yeah yeah, that's that's in there and then the last one i had was dexter avoids a potentially embarrassing sexual encounter with his new girlfriend yes yes Right and I, yeah, I pose that. Yeah, I pose that as a question. Will Rita and Dexter finally consummate their relationship? Because the I think that's going to be in the script. They do. Oh, they do. Yeah, in the script, he. Yeah, he I know. I just does. I know. I just said that I I read it, but clearly I didn't. You must have missed that part. No, you missed <laughs> it. You just that. missed it. No, yeah. he, he. They do have sex because I think if you re- if you watch the show and then read it, you. And you see that scene coming through, you kind of just jump, you can jump over. But I did right. have to go back and read it again. And it said, like, he was almost surprised that he was able to do it. He was surprised uh... that he was able to, to perform. And she was like, and she didn't even seem like too upset with it. So he was right. like, he was surprised. So I think that change in there was to, uh, I'm to glad, also, yeah. I'm glad like they the took the, I like the change. I'm glad they take it out because it gives you another question. Yep. that proposed and it gives you a loose end because we're like okay read index relationship it has to go it has to grow it has to go somewhere right right you know what i mean and a and a and a sex a sex scene always for me is always a completion of something mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it has to and then you have to like work to create another especially like a romantic sex scene that seems very much like a completion of something mm-hmm. so with this one they had their relationship can grow and it also creates a tension you know what I mean? It creates mm-hmm. conflict with the two of them as yep. we kind of move forward. Nice. So, yeah, that's those were mine. What, what, what you got? The only ones that I, I would add is that Dexter solves the cokehead murders, which he does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that Dokes gives him. Um, and it seems like it's like two or three scenes and it seems separate from the main plot. And then uh, the other question I think that is proposed in this pilot is, will Dokes discover Dexter's secret? Mm-hmm. and and it's not for me it's not will he die will he when it's will like he? when will he and then and what what's he gonna do he's gonna yeah, kill what's him gonna do? Yeah. What's <laughs> gonna do? no I, the only thing the only uh pushback i'll say on the, the one that you did about the the cocaine murder is to me oh. i i put it I, that's to me underneath the uh continues to impress his boss you know what i'm saying uh i see okay you know since that him doing that caught, right. was part of him continuing to impress her right so, yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's talk about his boss real quick. Yeah, uh, who's played by the legendary Lauren Valnez, who is also the mom in Across the Universe, which is oh. my favorite, my favorite movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um. So, but there's, I think there's there's certain things that I think are a little she does I think she does a fantastic job of what she's given but I think once again we, we're getting into this weird question of like race we're getting this real question of like of um representation. Latinx representation yeah. Latinx women you know what I mean and the way that they're portrayed um yeah what are your thoughts I mean look it was strange I guess like it's not 
uncommon for your boss might to have a little crush on you she's mm-hmm. laying it on pretty damn thick and in the script in the script she actually like i think after the after the head gets thrown at dexter and mm-hmm. they have that little moment where they're sitting down talking she actually propositions him literally like oh wow well. hey, maybe you can come down to my place and he's like not today and then, <laughs> and then she's like okay if not today then maybe another time like so in the in the script it was even more like it's even more like more overt yeah so with this one i just it's, well, it's unfortunate that that i mean again like every everybody everybody's character this is this is another thing i wrote in the notes about the double life drama and i'm not mm-hmm. sure it applies to every single one but certainly to this one is that everybody who has a um, everybody who has some kind of com- close connection to dexter has an emotional reason for why they can't see him as a killer right? right right every so his his sister has an emotional reason for why she can't see him that way his girlfriend uh you know dokes definitely does not dokes right. doesn't see him as a killer but you know whatever but the boss because the boss has a crush on him then of course now he, she can't see him as right. anything other than a sexual object and not right. as somebody who can kill him so i mean i guess you know i would want that to be a little bit stronger and nuanced and allow the character to have something you know, you know right. a little bit more fleshed out so you know as far as a representation it's just it was just so stale that it was i didn't even almost see the representation i didn't even almost right. see her as a latin a latinx woman in this situation at too much i mean she spoke spanish she has you know she looks as if she she presents as if she she might be a, a latinx woman but other than that there was not a lot of other you know like not not like that his his little partner his partner his buddy uh right. I, i'm assuming he's a cubano uh cop who's, who's his, like his best angel friend. Yeah, his best buddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, are they best friends? Because I'm like, I, I think couldn't, I couldn't quite get their relationship. He gave him the last donut, bro. What you mean? That was my thing. <laughs> <laughs> when he gave him that, that's, that's what I saw. When he gave him that last donut, I was like, oh, they're cool. Uh, he might be cool. <laughs> I could. I, he's another one I can't because, like, right now, him and the and the Japanese guy are kind yeah, of Jesus. are kind. Uh, kind of doing the same exact thing which is like be weird creepy people about dead bodies and yeah and women and women like it's it's constantly like the themes of this is like weird creepy dudes and women is is like a running theme what i do what i did like about that scene between his boss and dexter after the head throwing is that and what i like about them not having her proposition him is the fact that like you see you get a last shot with her lingering shot on her and she looks very vulnerable and she looks very like, um, so there is a sense of like, there is something that is compelling that is pulling her towards Dexter. And there's like a need that, that she has for Dexter. We don't know what her backstory is. So we don't know like why she's like, I need this person in my life. I, I, you know, I want to be intimate and romantic with this person. However, we did get a chance to see that. Um, however, like you said, everything up leading up to that point was all very much like very on the nose, borderline sexual harassment in the office. Um, yeah. And and so, like, how much we actually sympathize with her is is a matter of is a is a question yeah and um, she treats and she treats uh and she his, treats his, his sister, sister like, like shit. shit yeah yeah it's like how are you gonna treat your my sister like shit right in front of me and then try to hit on me like that's and then crazy. Try to hit on yeah it's it's she's like she's all she's like having a power trip and it's and it's weird because we're both 
because the the actress is doing such a great job of like trying to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and yet the character on the page is is completely yeah. inappropriate yeah yeah it's there, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there and then in yeah. terms of the writing yeah that's something it, it, I, I think it's interesting to find I think I'll say this when I'm when I'm writing things I want to finish stories right I want yeah. to finish I want to close a loop and I'm learning that what I should do especially with those secondary stories those those B's and C's potentially that they should be open they should be wide mm-hmm. open and the A story should be too there, there should right. be some kind of like resolution I think in the A story that leads to a question like mm-hmm. again my my theory of the uh the uh cliffhanger theory right should be a big reveal should be a burning question mm-hmm. or should um activate the main character some kind of mm-hmm. way uh the other ones should be wide open and also obviously have a question that's not burning it should just have yeah. a question that connects again to the main character yeah. um so i think everyone's at the end of this pilot does do that and i think that's yeah. one of the reasons why it is pretty good i mean it, like you said it does have some holes in it it has some plot holes in it that are some issues, but I think the great thing about TV and movies is like plot holes are, you know, whatever, man. Like I think it's supposed to be, this is about entertainment. This is supposed to be fun. Right. It's supposed to be interesting. If we're over here, like ruminating on plot holes all the time, then nothing is going right. to be good. There's right. very few shows that don't have any. And, right. and that's for various reasons. Like we talk about, it could be production. It could be the edit. It could be whatever you know, right? The right. performance, whatever it is. So right. um, ultimately, I, I I really enjoyed this. Uh, nice for the most part. For the most. Part. What about so? What's this cliffhanger in your in your okay. theory of cliffhangers? Yeah. Cliffhanger theory. It's a big reveal. Okay, mm-hmm. the big reveal and a burning question. So the the I, what I'm I, also I, finding. I, I would yeah, argue. I argue it does all three. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So what I what I what I also found is usually big reveals lead to burning questions mm-hmm. um or or they flip-flop but they're always almost coupled they're almost always together big reveal mm-hmm. and a burning question because a big reveal needs to have a question at the end of it so right. at the end um dexter is he finds out that not only that this guy he he had a feeling that guy was following him when he threw a head at it, a severed head at him <laughs> Right. <laughs> but it was made more uh pretty confirmed <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> when he finds a chopped up looks like Barbie doll in his yeah. fridge. Yeah. And um wrapped up in a similar fashion that he he's finding these dead bodies. So uh so that was the the big reveal that this he's gonna have like a tit for tat or like a you know, cat mouse, whatever it's gonna be, some kind of relationship right. with this other other fledgling uh, serial killer who right. somehow knows that that dexter is in the game with them and or something we know yeah. that he he knows like what we know at the end of it is that the dexter dexter thinks like in the voiceover dexter thinks that like okay he must be in the game with him and we might be and this might be a this is a provocation however mm-hmm. we don't know that for sure all we do know is that the serial killer knows who dexter is mm-hmm. and the serial killer it knows where dexter lives and the serial killer hasn't killed dexter yet but has done something as has sent a message to dexter yeah. and i like you said it's a good point because it, it might he might not know that he's a serial, serial killer at all he just might right. think that he's the guy who 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 finds people he's right. the guy who who's really good at, at at catching these guys so right right yeah that, that might be there that too so yeah that mine i put as big reveal and burning question of course burning question mm-hmm there's no there's no cliffhanger there's no 
cliffhanger without a burning question but right yeah. and it does i think it activates him because of what dexter stent says where dexter is like he says that he it wasn't this isn't a this isn't a not i'm paraphrasing this isn't a scary message this is a hey how you doing message and so that i hey do you want to play and then dexter says in the vo yes yes i do want to play and then we have him look at the camera and have him smile and so all of a sudden we're like okay the now here's the direction that our protagonist is going to go he's going to go chasing after this serial killer and playing literally playing with this serial killer you know so so let me ask you this because i'm now that's making me think about like the my, my cliffhanger theory a little bit deeper right so what mm-hmm. does that do for you i can talk about what it does for me but what does that do for you when you see a good cliffhanger if you call this one a good one but a cliffhanger that does those those three things what does it do to you what does it make you feel emotionally what does it you know i know well, i'm kind of putting you on the spot i didn't ask you this before well if i'm you know if i'm binging right and this is on netflix i let the thing auto you know autoplay to the next episode it just you makes you I mean? want to see more. It, it kind of it leaves you wanting more it kind yeah. of triggers or in if, that. yeah or if I'm, I'm watching this bi-weekly i'm like okay or i'm watching this you know uh, in a weekly basis i'm like okay great i'm gonna i can't wait for the next to come yeah. on on sunday at eight o'clock and see you know what dexter's going to do next you know right so it just kind of triggers in that that relationship it kind of yeah creates a pact I, i'm I'm starting to use that a little bit more too when, in relationship with the audience right yeah the, yeah the shows kind of create a pact with with the audience and yeah and, it's, and it says like hey man like come on you know i i, I got more to show you <laughs> yeah yeah it's you like know? uh it's like the the book um uh screenplay uh where it says like at the end of each act, it's or the end of each act or the end of each scene should spin the protagonist into the next act or into the next plot point. Mm-hmm. And that's not only does it spin the protagonist to the next plot point with this one, because we are because of the look to the camera, we are now uh, indicted as an audience members, but we're also uh, uh, asked and to come along with the protagonist. So mm-hmm. both us as an audience, as well as a protagonist are then spinned into the next episode, spinned into the next chapter. Right. Um, because it's, because his eyes are so compelling. We're like, okay, I'm going to, I guess I, if I click yes. And if I, if I say play, play next, I'm now like in it with you. Right. Yeah. It's like we're plot, co-conspirators, you know? you know? Yes, exactly. exactly. Co-conspirators with the, with the serial killer. which somehow somehow i think psychologically does some some weird stuff too it's like yes we're not supposed to be doing this we're not supposed to love this kind of character yeah and i think that's the thing about the uh anti-hero anti-heroine double life drama thing that that makes it so popular and intriguing well and there's also i think a theory about you know because this is he he's a he's a superhero you know what i mean he's a vigilante uh he's an anti-hero and all of those there's a a theory and i don't i don't know who who actually coined this theory uh but it's the idea that these narratives are all basically um power fantasies and so Mm -hmm. we're we're watching this and we're like yeah i wish i could punish the the bad people of Miami and I wish I could do that as the way Dexter does it. So I'm watching it to see how he's going to punish these, these truly bad people, you know, mm-hmm. and that's given me, that's given me, you know, that's given me the catharsis that I need because I'm going to watch this guy punish people. You know, right. when my, when society won't punish people, the cops won't punish people, you right. know, but this like, 
vaguely straight it's a question if he's straight or not because he has that line where he might be bisexual but like this cis heterosexual man white man is going around the punishing people you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's um yeah i think that's all right that's all correct I, i i see it the same way um there is some kind of power fantasy power dynamic thing that yeah kind of has existed in almost i think almost every episode episode of tv we've done so far certainly billions um, yeah, maybe, maybe not maybe not maybe, red dogs but maybe maybe that means we need to change that <laughs> no, no but think about it. we did okay I, I won't reveal all the ones we've done so far but the the billions for sure but i don't yeah. maybe maybe not the first one we did but either way uh all right i want to know your coldest line though i've already <laughs> kind of let mine slip so i want to hear what yours is i know it's got to be silly as hell mine is While you're laughing so Dexter turns to Dokes and he says, no, Dokes turns to Dexter and says, uh, is there something I can do? Yeah, you can give me your fucking analysis on the blood spatter on these killings. You think I'm here to invite you to my nephew's bris? I didn't know you were Jewish. Shut the fuck up and write your report already. You think I invite you to my nephew's brisk? And then Dex says, I didn't know you were Jewish. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. And the funny thing was, because Dexter is not funny in the show, yeah. It was like, is he even trying to be make a joke or was he serious? <laughs> well, because I what I like about that, and the more I think about it, is that what this pilot does really, really well is that it 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 un, it unveils layers to Dexter, and we see when Dexter gets a little rattled, and because the character that Dexter is playing in the office isn't a person who would be that that sharp and that right. kind of like you know. But we see with Dokes that Dex gets rattled, and because he gets rattled, all of a sudden we see Dex, we see the layer of Dexter behind the mask, and we see his disdain for Dokes in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because of course he's saying something that's, of course he borderline didn't, offensive, that's borderline offensive, borderline racist. Borderline but he's been, racist. but he's been bullied. He's being bullied. He's being bullied. He's being bullied, and so he's like he he lashes out. Yeah. And the more that we watch the show, the more we see Dex you know make these kind of like either conscious choices or not conscious choices in which like we see behind the mask right you know right interesting yeah yeah so okay i'll take it i'll take it i like that (laughs) as a a good uh coldest line because i I kind of fumbled all the way through mine because i can barely remember it but whatever we we got there we We got got there there. we got there this is only our fifth episode we have been so we are we are we are chugging through we're chugging along man we're, we're, chugging we're along. figuring this thing on out <laughs> all right so uh what okay what threads this is the thing so with every episode every episode of tv but mm-hmm. especially your pilot you have to have threads you have to feel like there's something else going on that's why we bring right. up those abcs with d's whatever e's f sometimes stories right right because all those stories need to have open threads that we need to see connected so which ones like sometimes you can you can name hopefully you can name like 10 plus uh mm-hmm. in one episode so which ones did you see so far i gotta think about mine to be honest yeah uh, i th- i think it's de- i think it's buried in our a stories um i really only see four coming out of this pilot because okay. and maybe that's and maybe that's why people say that this pilot needs work because it spends so much time like giving us setting up Dexter as a character that it doesn't do a lot in terms of like creating threads for the rest of the season in terms of creating uh fleshing out side characters and etc so 
what I would say is like we have Dexter's hunt for the ice boss killer. Mm-hmm. We have we have his sister D's quest to become the homicide detective. Mm-hmm. We have Rita and Dexter's relationship. We have uh, LaGuardia's and Dexter's relationship. Uh, and then we have Dokes and Dexter's relationship. I say that there's five threads that are then created from this pilot based on that. Okay. I can see that. The other only other one is well, it's not a it's not a thread, but it's something that you can anticipate. It's just another another side quest. Mm-hmm. Or a side quest every episode, like you said, the case of the week type thing. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be another one on top of yeah. layered on top of that. The that sucks. Um, right. Oh, what's another one? Man. We also we have Dex because apparently Dex has uh, some kind oh. of amnesia. So there's like what what happened in Dexter's past to make him yes. into a killer? You know? Yes, that's that's the other thing. The backstory yeah. a little bit fleshed out. Maybe we might actually right. end up growing with him with his because we see him as a younger kid and we see him right. as a, so we might right. end up growing with him. Right. What what actually what actually happened to his parents? Because he yes, says my parents are dead, and then he says I didn't kill them, but he doesn't say how they died. Right. So, so how his parents died? Yeah. What happened there? What happened there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then there's another one. So there with the the lady who this is what okay, so I had to watch it a couple of times to interpret it. I interpret it two ways, but I think mm-hmm. I figured out what I think is right. So when he's going to get the cold cases, right? He has a little talk with his the other lady, right? Who knew her who knew his father? Right. Who knows who knows his father, right? So she says, um, she says, charming just like your dad, right? Mm-hmm. And then she says, but don't get me fired. So then I was like, if the first thing I thought of was, did her dad get her fired? Or uh-huh. did, did, her, did her dad almost get her fired in the previous life or sure, something like sure, that? Sure, sure, sure. And then I was like, no, it's just because he's getting the cold cases and trading it right. for donuts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally trading it for donuts. But yeah, so that was my, um, so that was another thread there. So like, what's the relationship? What's the previous relationship that her yeah. He had with the, her, the father, or just like what her, what Dexter's father did in a previous, you know, before right. he passed as a cop or something, you know. Right, right. And will and will Dexter get caught? Is yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and not will. That's the like, series, yeah, yeah. But he's when, not gonna get caught. It's gonna. He only gets gonna get caught at the very end. Well, that's and I think that's the problem with the. That's the problem with the series. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see why. Why do you see that as a problem? Because like this series is. This is I, this is standing on the kind of the threshold between old TV and new TV. The TV that we're in now that mm-hmm. people are arguing has just ended with the strike and right. the and the TV of the past. They because this went eight episodes, they're thinking like, okay, this might go 10, 11, 12 episodes. But Same. the problem series. Seasons, sorry. Seasons, seasons, yeah, seasons, sorry. Yeah. So this is probably going to go like 10, 11, 12 seasons. Like, they're they're hoping that this is going to go on forever, right? The problem with this, like, unlike, like, an SVU, unlike, you know, similar things, is that the premise dictates that he has to get caught. And so in order to keep this, in order to keep this story going, he's going to have, and I think we mentioned at the beginning, he's going to have to keep evading the cops, but it's tv so it has to accelerate it has to get more and more and more crazy to keep the keep the audience hooked and so he's just going to get away more and more and more and eventually he's going to get away in such a way that we're like okay that's not realistic and it's going to fall off which is exactly what happened to dexter after episode after season i think four or five 
people are like it's you can see the numbers starting to drop and get you know less and less people watch watch the show i think you're right i think you're right and i think you do make an interesting point about its place its placement in the tv era and the tv pantheon because it really was at that point right before peak tv began to emerge it was kind of like one of those new little seeds of what peak tv is about to become right and uh yeah and it it also is borrowing from those old kind of procedural tv tropes where it's going to be ongoing he's never going to get caught but like you say and when you don't and if if you anticipate being able to watch something over eight seasons eight seasons plus or shit five seasons plus it becomes really, really tired after a while. Right. And and right. yeah, so that's a good point. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons why it looks like TV, and it might even get shorter. I've heard theories that TV is going to turn, American TV is going to turn into what British TV is now, where uh, you have four giant episodes. It could end up being like four hour long episodes uh-huh. in series. And they're, they're kind of like kings of the, kings and queens of the, uh, of the limited uh, series yes exactly yeah. uh, and i think that might be what happens because of the strike uh post strike so there'll be uh-huh. really really strong limited series type things and a lot right. of sitcoms uh, a lot of inexpensive sitcoms well not inexpensive, right but well like- i i think we're gonna sw- i think they're gonna be looking for one or the other they're gonna be looking for they're like the dexter i think had dexter came out now it would have been three seasons you know, it would it would have gotten option for five seasons and probably would have done three seasons because that's all you really need to kind of like tell Dexter's story. You know what I mean? You need three you need three to five seasons to really tell Dexter's story. Yeah, that's you the know? thing about. So, so, again, this is another thing about this podcast, uh, listeners. We're also in the process or thinking about the ways in which we're going to pitch potential tv shows and we're realizing like yeah scripts scripts are very good things to have if you're writing if you're pitching it's a good thing to have as much as you as much writing as you have on your tv show as possible whether that comes in the form of a a treatment a 10-page treatment or a script script is always better because then you're the first writer in and you're always going to get writer credit or creator credit for your Mm -hmm. show um but if you the more writing you have the the more you can state claim copyright wise to your to your story Right. Uh, but when we're when we're thinking about how to pitch, we're thinking about shows right now. It used to be. And again, we're going to find out after this strike what 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 happens. But it used to be <laughs> we're, we're like, this should have five seasons. You know, right. this should have six seasons. We have hundreds and hundreds of stories we can tell. Now we're going to find out whether like the limited series is the gold, the golden yeah. ticket to, yeah. to pitch. Or yeah. if, you know, having three seasons, a three season run is like just that, you know, that's the magic yeah. number or whatever. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be the big change that comes out of this writer strike. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I do think that they're going to be looking, I do think it's going to swing closer to where it was. And I do think that we're going to be seeing more, more sitcoms, more uh, feel good dramas, you know what I mean? Like more things that will like, that will kind of sit on a service that people are going to kind of keep coming back to, you know what I mean? Like, like more, like uh, more swings at like the office, more swings at like, there will be, uh, uh, this is what they do in the shadows, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think now that you're saying this now, I, I'm, I'm t- 
tending to think that it might swing more towards your half hour dramedies more. I think we uh-huh. might see a bunch of those, like yeah, yeah, eight episodes, half an hour, you know, four hours yeah. of TV, just quick, snappy, boom, 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 you know, sharp, funny, or or just or super dramatic, kind of like the bear. I'm thinking about the bear. I'm thinking about right. um, insecure type of things, things, things that right. are can keep you going in half an hour they can right. go on network they can go on streamers they can go right. on prestige television right um and they're kind of like you're in between your sunday your sunday watch you know right. what i mean well i the thing is it's like you have to have something that's going to catch everybody and it's getting increasingly harder to catch everybody now that we're out of lockdown you know like i think the bear came out like right as things were starting to open up and so <laughs> it still was able to grab everybody all at one point in time you know um i think that's going to be more and more difficult um to catch everybody like catch everybody's zeitgeist with the dramedy um with the comedy it's it's a lot easier because you can you got clips that you can throw on tiktok Mm -hmm. you know i got shit that i could share on instagram i got little things i can put on twitter slash x you know what i mean like and that'll drive people to your to your site you know that'll drive people to your to your show you know what i'm saying um with the dramedy that's a little more difficult yeah that's interesting okay so with that said uh now that we're talking about other shows now (laughs) might (laughs) as well go into what are you watching yeah yeah uh before we do that promise of the what's the promise of the pilot okay yeah the promise of the pilot to me um let me pull okay i wrote i wrote up the promise to me was we're going to see a lot of violence. We're going to yep. see a lot of blood and gore. Yep. Uh, we're going to see the satisfaction of seeing bad guys get taken out or disappeared. Yep. Uh, the drama around keeping the identity a secret and the mm-hmm. audience gets to keep a secret that is shared between the main character, which I've talked about a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, that meta relationship between character and audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami. Miami's promising us a little bit of Miami, maybe some nice. more interesting Miami stuff. Yeah. And, and uh murder mystery elements and procedural mm-hmm. elements type stuff. Case of the week. Yep, yep, yep. Case of the week. We also uh I would add the cat and the mouse mm-hmm. game. Um, and then also would add the romance between Dexter and Rita. Seems like yeah. I hate that. I don't want to <laughs> see that. <laughs> so well, weird. That. well spoiler alert it keeps going oh okay great well <laughs> maybe i won't keep going but anyway <laughs> all right so yeah what what are so what are you watching oh no no no! you didn't ask, you didn't even throw in my question man oh no, oh yeah all right so father fatherhood corner what oh my what, god what what lessons as a oh, new Jesus. father would you take from dexter's dad this is the lesson you're not alone and you are loved and that's all that's a pretty good one i'm glad i'm glad you i'm glad you chose that one that's all i'm gonna give you (laughs) the only redeeming thing that's why it's my favorite line because it's the only redeeming thing i think i could bring from this show though i do think you might should train isaiah to be batman and like go through the streets of Charlotte, North Carolina. I would be so terrified. Yeah, so like I can't even. I don't even want to hurt that boy. I don't want to see him fall and scrape his knee. So I can't even do that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um. What am I watching? I'm watching Castlevania Nocturne. I don't know if you watch. You're. You, I'm the anime guy. Colin's yeah. not the anime guy. No. Uh. But I watched the first Castlevania during lockdown, and then I'm watching this one. It's. It is. It takes whatever they did at the first time and ratchets it up to a million. 
the animation is they're really playing with the animation in a really cool way they're they're taking big risks um but then it also gives you your promise which is like sexy vaguely queer bisexual vampires and sexy vaguely queer humans fighting each other <laughs> all right pretty awesome yeah i mean and and he's right i'm not the anime guy but i like good stuff i i mean look i i will i, will, I will definitely watch I, I watch the anime version of uh I, I that's how it is with me it's like i watch the anime versions of a show that i watched uh-huh. before so i watched uh what was uh the witcher the anime oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like movie witcher. that came out yeah, connected yeah, yeah, yeah. to it i yeah. really enjoyed that i think i don't want to try to remember the name i can't do that uh but anyway yeah so yeah if you have any anime suggestions listeners or elijah please send them my way <laughs> especially for somebody who is a sci-fi fantasy nerd but just hasn't got into anime like that so yeah you might, that can ease me in you know what i'm saying you might like castlevania there, there, yeah. there's there's black people sure yeah i mean i like, I like black people <laughs> you're like sure <laughs> I, I like black people no nah. okay what i'm watching actually did you watch the boys elijah i did watch the boys yeah okay did you enjoy it I did until this last season. Until okay. in, until the and not even the last season, until like the last episode of last season. It got okay. very it got too like superhero. Okay. Which yeah. Well, uh I'm watching Gen V right now. Mm-hmm. The spinoff about like I guess compound V'd up kids going to college. Yeah, I've heard and, good things. Yeah, I is as wild as it gets, and it is like the most wild shock value. <laughs> show that i've ever seen probably with all the violence and the sex like it take in and the nudity it's gratuitous but it, it in a strange way it is it's purposeful even yeah. though it's super gratuitous but yeah. there, there's something there's a there's a new term i'm sure some academic has created for it but it's like heightened satire it's like satire oh, cool. to the next level i it's anyway i'm enjoying it the first ep- three episodes have dropped so far and then they drop nice. every tuesdays on amazon prime and then i'm watching i'm still watching foundation and i'm really loving it man i'm in episode six and now I'm yeah. it took me to episode six to get hooked but now i'm uh-huh. like i'm in i'm in and you, are you still in the first episode first i'm season? on the first season yeah i'm on yeah. I'm, i know i'm way behind but i'm kind of happy about that yeah i watched i watched the first i watched the pilot of the foundation and was like oh okay this is like dense sci-fi but what but they but i dig that kind of like this is like 80s sci-fi it's like oh, 70 60 70 sci-fi which shit is just like it's a dense. novel it's a yeah. dense novel yeah it's, it's not it's not your popcorn tv show no. you can watch it for the enjoyment aspect of it but if you really want to get hooked you have to you got to be patient so yeah i think yeah, by yeah. episode six five six i'm deep in nice. um and i'm super excited to keep watching which nice. i hadn't been up to this point i've just been watching for the kind of beauty of it it's a really beautiful it's show pre- those apple those apple plus shows are all very so but good. they but they're yeah. like there's something about them where like they all are really they're gorgeous but they all feel like they all have the same filter like stuck yeah on that's them. a good point you know? man it kind of felt that i i was almost this is not an apple show but i felt that way about the uh Lord of the Rings show that came on on Amazon. Yeah, it was like yeah, the yeah. first episode of that, I was like blown away by how beautiful it was. Yeah. And, but I was like, and I kind of forgot that it wasn't that great <laughs> story. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. They're like, everybody's like, is it good? I'm like, yeah, man. You're uh-huh. going to love it. And then I kept watching. I'm like, should I have told them that? <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel yeah, bad. That show, yeah, that's yeah, that show was tough. That show was tough. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm watching. Nice. Uh oh, oh yeah. And then I told you the recommendation was also that that script notes episode of uh with Greta Gerwig talking about little women, talking about her her she's super smart. I really I really enjoy listening to super smart filmmakers talk about yeah. their process and she's she's dope to dope. me. Dope, dope, dope. What you working on? I am working on a couple things. So I have a I have a little documentary thing here in North Carolina, and I can't. The NDA says I can't say where or what it's about, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. I mean, it's nothing huge at all, but it's it's a couple days shoot, and it's oh. uh it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It has to do with uh stuff I can't say again. I'm <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, maybe yeah, when don't, it's out, don't break your say. NDA. Don't no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but it's cool. I'm working on that. And then I've potentially, I don't want to say I got it yet, but I have potentially working on some archival, black archival virtual reality project here nice. in Winston-Salem. And oh. if it happens, then I'll keep this. If it doesn't, I'll just cut this part out uh, <laughs> and keep them on it. But other than that, I'm just writing, I'm writing, uh, my pilot for rewriting Holy Land, my narrative fiction podcast that mm-hmm. I've been working on and going to Austin with. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's about it. Yeah, but we, we might have to do like a an Austin bonus pod. Oh, yeah. Just like talking about Austin. Yeah, stuff I learned in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Dope. Dope. Uh, I am gearing up to go uh, do a play and which is a new play which i'm pretty excited about doing it's been a year it's been a year of plays which has been nice to kind of get back into that space it it flexes different muscles um and uh it it, there's a different kind of like camaraderie and community when it comes to working on plays versus tv um and i'm doing my own my own writing and trugging along and uh and being intentional about trying to write an hour to an hour and a half a day and nice yeah it's been about a week of that yeah it's been a week (laughs) I had to press you. It's a bit of week. <laughs> I had to press you to see if that was really going down. Yep, I, I'm I'm not is. gonna lie. It's not. I'm I'm proud of you with that because I'm certainly not writing an hour a day. I wish I could. Um, I have a little tiny human. I'm gonna use that as an excuse right now. That's a good um, excuse. It's a good excuse. He's uh very. He's getting to be a lot too, and it's not getting no better. I'm gonna tell you that right now. It's not getting easier. It's certainly not getting easier. That boy is. A ball of energy, but he is also a bundle of joy. He is oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you could, you know, commit time to to doing our, our podcast. And uh, we've got another one coming up. Our, yes, our, we do. Our next one is going to be uh, Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Which I have never seen, but I, oh, heard, man. Which I heard it's like right up my alley. And it's also going to be our, and, and it also going to be, inshallah, our first like guest yeah uh uh a guest uh podcast so yeah yeah check out that um which is coming up and we'll there'll be three of us yeah (laughs) yeah they're gonna be there's gonna be three of us on that one uh orphan black i actually i actually went ahead and started ahead to to watch i had to get amc plus to do it that's where you can find that one amc Uh plus Plus. unfortunately that's the only place i think i could find it other than buying it on google whatever you buy stuff on Mm -hmm. um but anyway, I watched it and I was like, man, I really like this show. I forgot. I really nice. liked it. It's a nice. they they're they're kind of billing it as the 10 year anniversary, uh, which was crazy to me. So oh, wow. 2013. I was oh, crazy. Oh wow, wow, wow. That mm-hmm. is crazy. Damn. Yep. I remember being in like a I remember driving down I-95 listening to uh it was like some NPR podcast. I even think it was like all songs considered mm. when they were talking about Orphan Black. Oh, 
this is a this is a uh this is a segue this is like you know i'm going off on the rails yeah. but yo bob bowling bob boylan is retiring from all songs considered oh i don't know who that is so he's the guy who who made tidy desk this is oh. a historic moment y'all <laughs> this is the as guy much of an npr nerd i am i did not know that name i didn't know you know that man this no. is the this is the dude who came up with the idea for tiny desk and he is retiring this should be everywhere we should be talking about this the, the new york epic. times yeah the new york times need to do a fucking like yeah. retrospective just a page just a yeah. full page retrospective of no this, i mean he changed look, music he changed music journalism he Jesus. certainly did when you got juvenile on there I well, mean, you got, that, yo, that shit was crazy. Have you have you watched that one? I did watch it. I love it. So good, man. I just love the idea of watching Juvenile uncensored on Tiny Desk on IPR. <laughs> oh my god, it was amazing. So good. Yeah, so good. Anyway, yeah. he's he's retiring. I think he's retiring next, this week. So okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Hopefully, he can pass his mantle on to somebody. No, nah, he gonna torch. he gonna be just fine. The man no, 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 I mean, I mean the show. I mean, the, you know, you know, the, the work he's gonna, done. The show's going to be just fine. It does tidy does. Like, that shit's yeah, an institution true. at this it's point. It's already, yeah, pretty much. You, you know what I mean? Pretty much, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, socials. You can find me at, at Colin, the producer. I'm going to try to be more intentional about putting things on there that actually somebody would follow and look at. And then <laughs> uh, on X, I'm at Colin Says Things. Again, don't do a lot on there. Not to, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be bargaining against myself in terms of trying to get people to follow me. But anyway, just follow me. We'll, we'll interact. We're in a shut up, Elijah. Shut up. Anyway, follow me on so there. I, we're, we're too self-deprecating. Both of us. I, think. <laughs> I know. By by the episode like twenty of this of this podcast, we're gonna be like fucking like yo, follow me on Instagram. Yeah. I yo, I all not. my followers. I'm gonna keep doing the same thing, and hopefully. That's because we're old, bro. We're 36. We we're yeah. no longer relevant. Yeah. Oh, God. We just said that, didn't we? We were outside of the important demographic, like, <laughs> quadrant. And that's why yeah. you start That's why you start a podcast. And you can yeah. follow me on <laughs> uh, on Instagram at, Jul- at Julian Elijah Martinez. And you can also follow me at X at Julian Elijah. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the episode one podcast. We just did Dexter, the pilot episode called Dexter. And check us out next time. Yes. Peace, peace. Peace.